message is called Miracle Ingredients. How many love cake? Except Pastor Rich. How many love, especially the part of making it, when you're mixing the ingredients and then the guys want to lick the batter? No guys like to lick the batter? Your moms can't cook? Oh, maybe, I don't know when the new time. Anyway, you mix it, and after you mix it together and you put it all in the oven, something magnificent comes out. Now, when, you're, if, when it's in a bowl, it doesn't seem like anything. But when it comes together and it starts to bake, it becomes miraculous, especially when it's, brand, and when it's warm with some nice milk. Yeah. Coming out the oven. Don't hit it too much because she might sink, but it doesn't matter if she sinks because I love cake. And it goes in your mouth, and it's like, man, this is fantastic. Well, I'm going to talk about today the miracles of ingredients, the ingredients of miracles. In every miracle, there's a couple of ingredients that we see in the Bible for people who want to live a life full of God. And it's amazing when you look at this. We're going to talk about a guy who was paralyzed in Mark chapter 12, it's also in Luke chapter 5, 17 through 26, and also in Matthew 9, 1 through 8. The reason why we're going to do the book of Mark is because it gives you more description on what's going on. And it's a, one of the fantastic stories, but it has so many principles in it, talking about those ingredients that came through, how he got healed. And there was two miracles that we're going to talk about today in this scripture, not just one. There's two of them, and we're going to start. Let's go to chapter 1, I mean chapter 2, verse 1. Are you there? You sure? Not just saying that, are you? Okay, and and here it goes. And he returned to Capernaum after some days. It was reported that he was at home. And many were gathered together, so there was no more room. There was was no more room, not even at the door. And he was preaching the word to them. And they came bringing him, bring to him a paralytic carried by four men. And when they could not get near him because of the crowd, they removed the roof above him. And when they had made an opening, they let down the bed in which the paralytic laid. And when Jesus saw their faith, you want to circle that, saw their faith. He didn't hear their faith. He saw their faith. He said to the paralytic, son, your sins are forgiven. Now, some of the scribes were sitting there questioning in their hearts. Why does this man speak like that? He's blaspheming. Who can forgive sins but God alone? And and, and immediately Jesus, perceiving in his spirit that they were thus questioning within themselves, said to to them, Why do you question these things in your hearts? Which is easy to say to a paralytic. Your sins are forgiven or say, Rise up and take your bed and walk. But that you may know that the Son Son of Man has authority on earth to forgive sins. He said to the paralytic, I say to you, rise, pick up your bed, and go home. He rose, immediately picked up his bed, went out before them all. So they all were amazed and glorified God, saying, we have never, ever seen anything like this. Let's pray. Father, I just thank you for this short moment, God. Again, as we speak your word, let it be mixed with faith, God. Let it be received in faith, Lord, that you are a miracle. To you, to us is a miracle. To you is an everyday lifestyle. So, Father, I just thank you today in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. You'll see here 
Jesus, starting out his ministry in Mark, I love the book of Mark, it's all about action. Say Capernaum, some of the writers said that was Jesus' house, some of them said that was Peter's house. Doesn't matter whose house, but someone broke in the roof and changed some things around. And you see right here that as he, he was preaching, there was a crowd, there was the scribes, there were the Pharisees, when you look in the book of Luke, there's always about those three, the ones, the crowd, who's onlookers, the Pharisees and the scribes are always complaining. And then there's the one that's going to get healed. And they're all together. If you look at the book of Luke, it says this, basically that it was power in the room to heal. So Jesus had power to do anything he wanted to do. But he first he started preaching the word. But you'll see here there was two miracles that took place. One was invisible. And the other one was visible. The invisible one, he forgiven sins. Think about it. That is a miracle from God when people are born again. When you're born again in Jesus Christ, that is a complete miracle that your heart is completely transformed into what he wants you to do. Think about that. The first birth when you're born by your parents, that's a miracle. The second birth when you're born by Jesus, that's another miracle. A lot of times we kind of just kind of lay that along. That's nothing. That is fantastic. That is an invisible miracle to watch someone that came in who was stuck on drugs, stuck in alcohol, all those things, give the life to Jesus and turn around and do something fantastic for God. That is a complete miracle. But it, we always don't, it's always invisible. And the visible one, he healed them. And you see four guys with no names showing up. And their whole intent was this. Bring him into the presence of Jesus. Think about it. Four guys with the paralyzed man laying on the bed. The whole plan was to get them to Jesus. I love these guys. I call them the first life group. Whose job is to bring people from outside into the presence of God. In your home, because Jesus was having a life group too. It's about 60 people in there. That's how many could fit in that house at that time. But he was having a life group, and another life group invaded his life group. The whole idea was this, to get them in the presence of God. And they would let nothing stop them in their mission. We call it in the military, it's either a go or a no-go. Obstacles, you got to go. There were no obstacles to them, so we're going to unpack this. It's amazing. One thing about it, they didn't just pray as a group. They put their feet to their prayers. Think about it. They put their feet to their prayers. You know why? Genuine faith is always concerned about the welfare of others. They weren't worried about the obstacles in their lives. Couldn't get in the door. Everyone's at the front door. I guess we'll do this. We'll just go up on the roof. We'll climb up. We're going to take this guy on the roof. Now what do we do? Well, there's nothing but hay and there's mud and there's stucco, and we got to remove all that to get him into Jesus' presence. Isn't that amazing how they didn't stop them? Didn't stop them. And they lowered him down into Jesus' presence. And Jesus did this first. He healed his soul 
before he healed his body. You see, sometimes healing has, your soul has to be healed before your body will line up. Some people who are not walking in, not walking in, in the, um, God's presence are not really born again, you'll have, some, uh, you'll have some issues in your life that you can't seem to get rid of. But it seems like whenever you get born again, a lot, some of, a lot of those issues just fall to the wayside because your soul is stuck. But your soul becomes alive because once you were once dead, now you are, Christ made us alive in him. And these guys were unstoppable. I call them the Green Berets. Saul was healed. They didn't stop. I ask you a question. Do you know four people? Do you have four friends? If you're hurting, they'll come take care of you. I'm not talking about acquaintances, and I'm not talking about fake, listen to me, I'm not talking about fake Christian relationships where I love you, but you really don't. I'm talking about those who can tell you the truth. Hey, guy, you're stupid. You need to get over this way. That if you died, one, they will take you, help you carry you to the graveyard, but they also help you carry on the rest of your affairs. Do you have four people? Now, the church should be like that when we talk about loving God and loving people. When we talk about relationships and going to life, being in a life group and loving one another. First, you plant yourself in Christ. Then you wind up planting yourself in his body. And then you start planting yourself to people. In America, sometimes we just go from church to church to church. It's almost like I plant a rose bush in my backyard and I have it in there about three months. And it comes up, hey, Rich, <laughs> my Donna. I'm leaving. I'm going down to the other house because they have better music. And I'm going to plant myself there. Oh, wait a minute. I'm sorry. I can't stay here now because they got better youth program over here. And then you got, ro- I've never seen my bushes walk around the street. But I see where we don't root ourselves in. Oh, I'm too talented to be here. Psh, this is just my stepping stone. Oh, Abilene, no, I got to go to a big place. I'm going to a big city, man. This is my stepping stone. Let me do my little jazz here, and I'm leaving. You got four guys, four people. They'll tell you the truth. Think about it. You have four guys. That fifth guy had to trust these guys. You know why? Because the number one thing is, the number one found foundations, the foundations of every relationship is trust. He trusted them. You can know, you'll know when people trust you or not. They trust you. They say, I trust that you hear from God. I trust that you're walking with God. But if you don't, they'll question everything you do. Because they don't trust you. They had to trust this guy. What are you doing? You're going to lower me down? Where? Why are we going through this roof? I don't think he said that. He said when Jesus saw their faith. Some writers said it was just the four, but I believe that fifth one because he knew exactly what he was going to do. Two things came out of this story. Two ingredients, two key ingredients. Tenacious faith and tenacious love. Tenacious is when you hold on to something, you don't let it go. 
that faith that never, I don't care what it looks like, it's going to blow all over the place. You just hold on to that thing, and you keep going. You start believing. Tenacious faith. And they had a faith just for healing, but that was enough. Faith is a mustard seed. That's all God says. All you need is faith is a mustard seed. They got more than they bargained for. That's amazing. But faith, think about faith. Someone go to um, Hebrews eleven six. Jesus rewarded their faith. It wasn't perfect. It was sufficient. Without faith, it's impossible to please him. For whoever draws near to God must believe that he exists and that he rewards those who seek him. Isn't that amazing? We must have a desire to please and the diligence to seek. Whenever you get discouraged, you don't have a desire to please God. You're trying to help yourselves. Whenever things get like it's overwhelming in my life sometime or anyone's life, you kind of, I wonder why he put that in the Bible, that you got to believe that he exists. Reason why? Because you kind of lose focus that God is bigger than you are. He's bigger than this whole, your whole problem. You, that, big, that problem becomes so big that God becomes so small. So I think he put that in there that we don't lose, that we got to believe, complete, continue to believe that he exists and that he is the reward of those who diligently what? Seek him. These guys were serious about seeking Jesus. They were really serious. You go up on the house, and you how you buy in your house, and some, you hear something. <laughs> First, you're going to think it's a squirrel. You and your life group. <laughs> what is that? Next thing you know, poof, here comes this guy. Needs some prayer. How about the ones that show up to your house that need prayer? And this guy had no friends. Except those guys, he had no purpose. All he can do is lay there paralyzed. But Jesus saw someone he was going to die for. And think about it. This guy was amazing. And he didn't look like those guys. One thing, when God's shaping you and you want to reach out, he's going to make you reach into people who don't look like you or think like you or act like you. To see how prejudiced you really are. Amen? Amen. Second one, he got more than they bargained for. I love this scripture. Ephesians 3.20 says this, Now to him it was able to do far more abundantly than all that we ask or think, according to the power working within us. That word, when you look at more abundantly, means super abundantly. Super abundantly. Here's the thing. When you're walking in real faith, genuine faith looks to Christ as the center of his operations. But it says, according to the power working within us. Me and Ms. Donna just recently had to change out our inlet valve on our, wa- our dishwasher. And it's underneath there. And we got underneath there. And we changed it out. And we turned it on. And nothing happened. There's no water coming through it. That wasn't the right inlet valve. It was the main valve to the, to, the, uh, to the dishwasher. When we opened it up, it was all calcified and clogged up. All the water was trying to get in there. All the power never left, but it couldn't get through. It couldn't get out. It couldn't flow out. Something gunked it up. 
And we learn that at least every two years, you've got to clear that thing out. Isn't that like repentance for us? All the power of God comes into us. The same power that worketh in us is the same power that raised Jesus from the dead. And we can't work that thing through us because we've got to see the sin. Or we got it's these things that are clogging us up. And God's looking for the power source, you and me, and we can't. Because we ain't clean our valve, our hearts. Very personal to me, too. I told you earlier, I had to make sure I don't walk being offended. Because when I'm offended, there's no p- powers coming in. There's nothing going out. I'm doing a lot of work. But nothing's coming out of me. As believers, think about walking in holiness, walking above reproach. I'm looking for men who are ready to do something for God. But guys, you've got to clean up your acts. God wants to work through you, but he can't. It's all clogged up with sin, pornography, adultery. This is the church I'm talking. I'm not talking about outside the church. Offense. Clogged up, and the power hasn't stopped. But it can't get through the inlet valve, our hearts. So we want the blessing. But guys, we got we to start walking like Christ told us to walk. Not like walking like the world and acting like them. Because you clog it up according to the power that works in us. Because you hear this all the time. I used to lay hands on people and they got healed. Well, man, it is 2013. That was 10 years ago. What's the difference? Sin. As we call it today, issues. That's just how I am. Instead of being being a flow valve was stuck. Now here's the problem. The man on the bed represents the world. The world is paralyzed. They don't have a good answer any longer. It has stopped. That's why they're fighting. Whenever you fight, whenever you're stuck, you fight. That's why they're going back and forth about this and that and doing that. We're stuck. And you know who the ones who are supposed to go into the world and carry them out into Jesus' presence? Hello. That's us. Not to sit there and complain about it or pray about it. Put our feet to our prayers. You praying for the nation to change? Start hitting the school. Start hitting your workplace and bringing change to that, that workplace. It's hard when you pray for an answer and you're the answer. <laughs> That's crazy. You know, one of the things there, forgiveness was the greatest miracle that Jesus has ever performed. It's not about the legs growing back, the arm being healed, forgiveness of someone's soul. It's the greatest things. See, this guy's need led them to action. He had a need, and that led them to action. As a believer, there's so many needs outside these doors. And I don't know about you, doesn't that lead you to, we need to do something. Not just talk about it. 
not just get dressed and go look at it, but go change it. His, their need, his need led them to action. So what do we need to do to get this guy into the presence of God? The world is asking, give me another solution. Now, they hate our solution, but they always hate the things they need the most. This the true solution is us. Abraham had the same thing. There was a need. God sent him out in James chapter 222. You'll see that faith was active along with his what? And his faith was completed by his what? It's good to declare Jesus, but if you're not going to walk with him, don't declare him. I can't wait for the fall to get here to start doing some stuff. That's what we're dreaming up for. That's what we're talking about, faith. Because you're going to get to a place where people are going reje- to reject you, and you're going to have the faith to say go or no go. Am I going or am I not going to go because they said something bad about me? That's what a real action is. Go or no go. How about your life? Is it a go or is it a no go? Your, your walk with Jesus, is it a go or is it a no go? What's stopping you from going? Think about that. Because their actions completed their faith. Second one is tenacious love. Love, you know, love is the evidence of salvation. Love is the evidence of salvation. Let's go to First um, John three eighteen. It says, "Little children, let us not love in word or talk, but in deed and what? Truth." Deed and truth, not just talk, not just word. Someone says, I love you, but if you're stuck on the side of the road, you ain't got time. Can you imagine those guys, how much they had to love this guy to do this, especially when you ran into some uh, obstacles like that? Hey, man, it's 5 o'clock. We can't get through. Let's try this tomorrow. My wife's calling me. Um, we, we, we'll, we'll try again next week. He didn't, they didn't stop. You know why? Because we, it's a picture showing us that what we're called to do is not easy. You know the best way to go is where the obstacles are, not where they're not. That's by design, to build our faith. Genuine faith is living and active thing that produces love. I love this scripture here, John 15, 13. Greater love has no one than this, than to lay down his life for his friends. They lay down his life. That was inconvenient for them. They risked being embarrassed. They risked being ridiculed. But here's the thing. They were willing to go anyway. They risked being called a heretic, but they were willing to go anyway. Even if they lowered them down and nothing happened, they could have had that fear. Oh, my gosh. But they had faith because faith is crazy. It doesn't do the normal stuff. Faith is tenacious. And God honors tenacious faith and active faith. That's one of the greatest things. I wrote this down. Galatians 5, 6. says this, for in Christ Jesus, neither circumcision nor non-circumcision counts for anything but only faith working through 
love. Paul was saying this, guys, we're not going to fight over who's circumcised. We're not going to fight over who's not circumcised. We're not going to fight over the color of the carpet. We're not going to fight on who, how you prayed. We're not going to fight on all this other stuff. We're not going to fight on that. All we're going to do is have faith, and they're going to be producing evidence through love, period. Not faith enough to get through my issue. I need faith enough to help them get through theirs. And as you're getting, helping them get through theirs, things change. See, to heal the man's body took a simple command. To forgive man's sins took Jesus' blood. See, we have a, a Savior and a Lord who has so many obstacles. Death, beatings. Who could have just said, you know, let's not go another day. Ridicule. Went through the beating. The obstacles, all those things, and went and have, didn't have a no-go in his vocabulary. There was no no-go. I want to talk to some of you right here right now. Some of y'all are walking around with no-go. Because things, you tried some things, it failed. But you know something? I'm learning something at this age I'm at. We need to be tenacious. We need to have the tenacity of, I read this book, the tenacity of a bulldog. That when you let hold, you don't, you don't let go. We give up so easy. And God does not call us to give up easy. We give up marriages so easy. We give up this so easy. We quit before, the, the, before the, even the victory happens. We quit. We give up church so easy. We give up relationships so easy. And what happens is you'll wind up on the bed, paralyzed, walking in the world, looking for hope. I love this story because it talks about connecting, about as a church. When I say reaching people and building community, I talked to the guys on Saturday about, guys, you know, Saturday, Sunday morning is a whole lot of things going on, but we don't have time to really connect with one another. But you know when that really happens? When we get in some groups and we start praying for one another, prophesying over one another. And then we take a rope and we say, let's go get some guys who don't know Jesus. And then we grab a rope and we, then we carry them to our house. We carry them to God's house. But we're going to carry them wherever it is, the presence of God. The world's not going to walk in here anymore. They don't know how to walk in here. God is saying right now for us, we have to go out and carry them in. If it's into your life, into your homes, wherever, because wherever the presence of God is, it don't have to come in here, it's right here in your heart. They need to see Jesus in your heart. So you need to grab a rope and find you four people who have a rope or two people with two or three gathered in my name. There I am. And miracles of salvation all over this place. And then the heal them other healings that we're striving for will come. But your own heart has to be healed. Your own soul got to be healed. You can't do this by yourselves. We talked about that in prayer this morning. It's impossible to live this life alone. Thank God for the guys. Four guys, no names, but they made the Bible. He didn't have a title, Bishop so-and-so, K 
carry so-and-so in there. No, four guys, four dudes. It ain't about you. It's about them. Walking with Jesus is not a noun. It's a verb. It's a verb. Love is a verb. Faith is a verb. How about you? Where are you at with Jesus this morning? Where are you at? Don't tell me what you did in the past. How come you're not functioning today for tomorrow? Someone hurt you? You got burned out? Walk into the club. You get unburned. <laughs> Call the Holy Spirit. Zip. Get back out there. Don't let your life be a no-go. Don't let your marriage be a no-go. Don't let your relationships be a no-go. Go, 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 go. And help them out there. We know we have big expectations for them to know everything. They don't know anything. We can't be loyal. We got to be love out in the street. We get someone who's not disciple and bring them in. Got to pre and disciple them and be relationship with them first before you can speak truth to them. But the truth is going to be resonant because you want to go see them. Think about it. How about you? Where is Jesus? Who's stopping you from going? Who's stopping you from connecting right here? And don't say, my education, I don't know how to read the Bible. Well, get in a group that knows how to read the Bible. I tell the guys all the time, we're a bunch of long rangers. Just grab a rope. Just grab a rope. Grab a rope. Because you're tired of being lonely. You know it. You're miserable. And you got no one to call because they're all acquaintances. And acquaintances don't usually call you back. They only see you when it's good times. Friends see you in times of adversity. But you can, we can be our own worst enemies by not going. And we can blame the church. You can blame your mother. You can blame your daddy. If you look at Dr. Phil, everyone's blaming everyone else but themselves. How about you? Grab a rope. Grab a rope. Because we need, there's a lot of ropes here. Grab a rope. Don't be a no-go. Be a go. Have tenacious faith and tenacious love. If you're struggling in your marriages, faith and love. Faith, hope, and love. The greatest of is love. Fight for it. Because if you quit, you raise a whole generation of quitters. Fight for it. Be tenacious. Find that fight again. We're supposed to be America. Remember? We're not going to be free. And somehow we just kind of, we got everything we need, all the power we need. Unclog your valves. 
your, clock, your valve clogged up? Every head bowed, every eye closed. Think about it.